and welcome to New England Beer Reviews. My name's TJ Davis alongside Emily Schick. How the fuck are you today, coffee raper? Coffee rules, uh, you oh, ass. Oh, coffee rules. All, look, all it's I not can my fault is, that Zencaster cuts it all off. All I can see is coffeeer. So, yeah. How about that? Um... I'm still figuring that out. Yeah. I'm really running out of ideas there. Yeah. I mean, I I don't know if it's something that we, you really even need, but hey, we'll, we'll keep on doing it as long as you keep on doing it. Only for you, dear listener. Uh, I mean, you can we can say that it's for the audience, but it's really just because of me and my stupid 12-year-old joke brain. Oh, absolutely. I I, I absolutely know that. Man, I also need to find where the fuck I packed away my goddamn koozies. Because I no longer have the room fridge right now. And it just means that beer number two is going to be a little little warm. Not not warm, warm, but not as cold as it could be. Because there's nothing quite like an ice cold beer. Indeed. All right. Although more important with an IPA. Oh, we we haven't even like... Welcome to episode 48 to Twilight Hydra. <laughs> Forgot that at the beginning. Um, but yeah, let let's 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 fucking do this and get into beer number one. Beer number one today comes to us from Definitive Brewing Company out of Biddeford. Portland. Portland. Why can I never remember it's fucking Portland? It's a collaboration with Mortalis out of Avon, New York. Haha. <laughs> Uh, it's a take on their Hydra series. It's a double fruited sour ale. Oh, wait, keep in mind, double fruited sour ale. So yeah, right now we're turning it upside down and giving it a slight roll in case it has any pulp. But yeah, so the, uh, um, I think Twilight itself has kind of become a series at this I point. I think of Twilight's um, a series with Definitive and Hydra is a series yes. with Mortalis. And this Correct. is them coming together to create Twilight Hydra. It's a double-fruited sour ale with blackberry, raspberry, peach, graham cracker, and marshmallow. Have you? Can you tell that we like smoothie sours? Yeah, no. This shit is fucking great. I love this shit in general. But let's see how this one is in three, two, one, crack. It immediately smells good. Oh, yeah. I was like, it just, as it was cracking open, it was like, hmm, graham cracker. Pretty. Yes, very. Oh, did you turn on the lights behind you so you can take the picture? Yes. Awesome. Yes, I did. All right. Well, I'm disappointed that this uh, fucking Chatham Squire glass that I sniped is not actually a 16 ounce ounce glass it's a 14 ounce glass so that's disappointing oh holy i mean it does have head to it yeah like i'm not at all surprised but like still holy dick balls if you were surprised i'd be disappointed (laughs) yeah I mean, again, it's a collaboration between Mortalis and Definitive doing a smoothie style sour. And it's like, yeah, if I I honestly think that I would be more surprised 
if it wasn't good. Or even just okay. Yeah. No, I, I think that, yeah, I would also be surprised if it was, like, mediocre. <laughs> but, oh, man, I love how all the flavors come through. I think the marshmallow mostly comes through in scent over flavor, but all the fruit flavors and the graham cracker come through well. Oh, yeah. Hopefully those pictures are fine. Bonus points if you can spot the cat in the background. Yes. But, uh, yeah. Yeah. Mighty this tasty. Is... Unfortunately for an audio medium, this is tasty enough to leave me speechless. Yeah, that, that, that is um, kind of unfortunate not, not given so that good. it's a podcast. <clears throat> but hey, you've had some beers. I've had some beers. We've had some beers. Would you like to start us off with the first beer? I sure would, good buddy. All right, good buddy. <laughs> I'm not your buddy guy. I'm not your guy friend. Um, I'm not your friend, but so, come on, come on. You can't just leave me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, I can. Um, That's true. I uh, so the a couple weekends ago, I had the pleasure of going to see the band of good friends of mine. Shout out to Roots Rhythm and Dub at Santiki Studios, who happened to have um, a couple of beers from Kushnock Brewing. Um, I had never heard of this place before. Um, Kushnock is apparently out of Augusta, so, you know, something good had to come out of Augusta. Um, and the first one I had was their Pilsner. Now, I gave this a 3.75, which sounds kind of low, but for a Pilsner, that's really high. Yeah. Like, this was really good for a Pilsner. Like, it definitely, it's described as a dry hopped Italian Pilsner, and agreed um the dry hopping gives this significantly more flavor than most pilsners do but it still has that like you know kind of smooth refreshing quality that you get from a lot of pilsners like i was really really pleased by that one awesome <laughs> uh the second one i had from them was the Oh, fuck. I have no idea how to pronounce that. Kresge? Yeah. Maybe? I, I, I would say Kresge. Yeah. That was a Kolsch. Um, I also gave it a 3.75, but, like, I don't <laughs> think that proportionally that's quite as good as the other. Um, I, I love that both of their beer descriptions have the sentence, a perfect pizza pairing. I mean, were both of them done in collaboration with... Because the first, the first one was a collaboration with a... Oh. No, the first one was a collaboration with a pizza restaurant. The oh, second okay. one has no excuse. Okay. So the first one is in honor of a pizza itself. The second one is a perfect pizza pairing. Which I do like, because you know me in alliteration. But it's like, you had two of their beers, and two of their beers have drawn reference to pizza instead of beer. It's weird. 
it is kind of weird. But hey, whatever. I mean, I I mean, based on the Pilsner alone, I'd be interested to try more of their stuff. So curious to see what I what I can get my hands. Yeah, on. I'm curious if they're like a company that just does like basic stuff well or if they do any weird shit. Because you know me, I love my weird shit. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's the thing is like you're just not going to you're not going to get the weird shit at music venues and shit most of the time. Yeah. So, you know. Hey. But like, hey, man, their selection was better than you see at a lot of Boston venues. Yeah, because Boston venues don't give a shit. It's like Bud Light, Heineken, maybe Corona and hopefully Gansett, but most likely PBR. Yeah. Like, for fuck's sake, I went to Geno's this weekend, and, like, I mean, not only did they have Gansett, they also had Lone Pine Brightside. Yeah. I mean, we, we talked about Brightside recently, so. Um, I know, I'm just saying, like, you know, Maine, Maine does the venue beer thing better. Yeah, yeah, I, I got it. They also have, like, better local breweries that aren't going to charge a fucking arm and a leg to be able to carry the local stuff. Like, can you imagine seeing Trillium at the House of Blues or even, like, the fucking Middle East? No. No. <laughs> no, not at all. Not at fucking all. Oh, man, I really hope the Middle East uh, cleaned up their tap lines. I I don't I don't know. Their tap lines when I worked there were fucking grotesque. Um, so if they're pouring drafts, pray to sweet baby Jesus that they actually clean them or else you are getting a fuck ton of, I don't know, bacteria mold. Yeah. Um, could be bacteria, could be some kind of fungus, viral growths. viral stuff doesn't really do that so much, but like, yeah, bacteria and fungus and stuff, things that like, biofilms yeah biofilms yeah um um, yeah just to make you you feel all warm and fuzzy yourself at the middle east and they currently are serving drafts don't drink them do not drink them do not trust that nabil spent the money to clean that shit because i'm sure he didn't because he isn't actually in charge But before we get to a point where we get sued, let's stop that conversation. And hey, let's step outside of New England for a second. Uh, There is something that we forgot to check in from Emily's birthday party that we ended up checking in that I don't believe we've talked about. It was the Raspberry Pineapple Lemon Coconut Ice Cream Dream Hydra. It is a collaboration between Burley Oak from Berlin, Maryland and Mortalis. (laughs) um there may be a theme yeah yeah fuck shit this is fucking delicious yeah this was fucking incredible like i i like the dream series in general but like this one blew me the fuck away i I was just about to be a dumbass and be like so how long do you think it takes for 450 north and mortalis to brew oh fuck they already did (laughs) Mm -hmm. and we We we, we talked about about it last time time. (laughs) but yeah like F me in the A, this goddamn dream was delicious. Yeah. Like, holy shit. Like, 
coconut ice cream, but like better. Yeah. And hey, speaking of 450 North, there's another thing that we had had recently that we forgot to check in. It was their slushy XL jungle juice. Um, it's conditioned on passion fruit, kiwi, coconut, mango, pineapple. Not as good as I wanted it to be, but still tasty. Agreed. Like, it, again, with the 450 North stuff, it's kind of just a matter of degrees. It's like, yeah, this one's not as good as some of the others, but like, it's a 4.25 still. Like, that's. Yeah, like that's uh, others that not we've one had of their are, best offerings. Others that we've had from them are better, but mm-hmm. like four point two five is still pretty goddamn solid. I feel like it's been yeah. a while since we've said it, but we'll say it again. Nothing we drink well for the most part. Nothing we drink is bad. Yeah, except, except for like, like the stuff that we go into it knowing like this is going to be bad. Oh, mm-hmm. and that hotcakes. That hotcakes was bad. Yeah. Still not the worst 450 North I had either, so, you know. Yeah. Uh, um, hey, Emily, do you want to do a quick little weird shit corner? Um, sure. Yeah. I mean, it's hard. It's hardly, I don't know how weird of weird shit it no, is. I mean, but... it's, it's not beer. Yes. So, um, while at Sun Tiki Studios, I also got to try two of the Lone Pine seltzers. So Lone Pine is making seltzer now. Oh my god. Um, Another brewery is now making seltzer now? Wow. I mean, let's put it this way. Like, seltzer clearly is a growing market, and uh, I'm glad to see that places that are, you know like generally produce decent stuff or even good stuff are starting to like get into it because it's like, it'd be nice to have, you know, better options than like truly or Bud Light Seltzer or fucking whatever bullshit. But um, Hey man, at least truly is local. <laughs> yeah, sure. I don't care. Um, I mean, Lone Pine's also new England. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I had the blueberry lemon and the watermelon cucumber um i'm pleased to report that none of it tasted like artificial flavoring nice the watermelon actually and cucumber actually taste like watermelon and cucumber were put in there Mm. and not like uh you know artificial it's not like a (laughs) yeah it's not like a a aggressively cucumber flavored watermelon jolly rancher or some shit like it was actually quite pleasant i was nervous about that one in particular but no i i was I thought both of them were pretty solid. Nice. I mean, 3.75 is not like, you know, oh my God, this is mind blowing, but like, it's a fucking seltzer. What do you expect? Like, it's just way more palatable than some of the crap I've had. Yeah. I mean, honestly, I feel like I could get behind that watermelon cucumber. Yeah. No, absolutely. Like blueberry lemon. I don't know that I've yeah, ever wh- seen it whatever. out. But... That's just like, eh. But like watermelon cucumber? Yeah, that sounds kind of interesting. I-, I could I could get down with that. <laughs> But I mean, like, blueberry lemon is a totally inoffensive flavor combination that works. And, like, I don't know, if I, if it's like, if I was, I don't know, at a venue and I had a choice between, like, a PBR and that, it's like, yeah, I'm going for that. Yeah, between PBR and that, I would go for that. Between that and Gansett, I'd probably still pick the Gansett. Yeah, same. Fuck you, PBR. 
And if you listen to this and you're like, oh, but PBR is my go-to uh, lawnmower beer. It's like, well, fuck you. Drink drink Ganson instead. <laughs> Sorry, Tim. Oh. Uh, so, so come on the show. Yeah, so so come on the show, Tim. Dude, fucking band's called Outsiders PBR. <laughs> I mean, it's it's Outsiders Punkabilly Rock, yeah, but it's Outsiders but PBR. Like, yeah. Yes, he does drink PBR. But he also owns a beer store, so like a good beer store. Oh, rad. That could be an interesting guest. Um, hey, Emily, I understand that you were in Worcester and you ended up getting some food with your mom at this great place called Armsby Abbey. Indeed, I did, TJ. It was a very good time. Wow, that is um, fantastic. I... You know what I really love about Armsby Abbey? Is there one of the few places that you can drink Hill Farmstead at in this state? Would you like to tell us about the Nelson IPA that you had at Armsby Abbey from Hill Farmstead? Sure. Also, side <laughs> note, um, it's one of the few places you can get Hill Farmstead on tap, like outside of Vermont. Like, not that I've been, I haven't been all over Vermont or anything, but like, this is the only, literally the only place I have ever seen Hill Farmstead, period. Um, period. I, I think that I, I have to agree with you on that. Oh, I feel like I feel like we no, ran I'm... into a hill farmstead, not at the beat, but at like maybe once sw- somewhere. Like once somewhere. Like it was like probably a one off that they got. Yeah, like public house or tip tap. Like they yeah. got like a one off keg. Like not even like a full keg, probably just like a log. Mm-hmm. <sighs> nice. Um, so unfortunately for you folks, I didn't check in any, I didn't get any of the other hill farmsteads or check them in because I think they had like five on tap when I was there, but I'd had all the other ones. Ah. Um, so the Nelson IPA is, I, I don't, I don't even know if it's like a newish thing or what, but this is their American IPA that's brewed exclusively with Nelson Sauvon hops, which I mean, I was I'm guessing you could tell from the name. Um, yeah. I mean, either that so, or call it full Nelson IPA, but you know, that's yeah, but it's Hill Farmstead. Yeah. They're not going to do that, yeah. especially considering that, like, I, as far as I know, like all their pretty much all their beers are named after like people names. It's like Arthur and Edward. Oh, okay. Um, so I don't know. I thought that I thought Nelson IPA was solid. Um, Gave it a 4.5. I know it's described as an American IPA. It definitely leans much more heavily into the uh, New England style IPA territory, but like isn't quite the juice bomb that a lot of them tend to be. So, but like it's, it's still incredibly smooth, you know, balanced, great flavor. No, no complaints really. Awesome. Um, I also got another thing while I was there that I had not had before. Um, tried another one from Tilted Barn, which is in Exeter, Rhode Island. This time I got the chosen one. The chosen one. It's an American Dippa overflowing with hops and weighing in at a surprisingly subtle 8.5% ABV. This beer needs no introduction. Just sit back, relax, and enjoy. You have chosen wisely. Yeah, 
I thought it was pretty solid. Um, I, once again, like not specifically described as a New England, I would still kind of say that it leans heavily in that direction. Um, And yeah, like I think the last time we got a Tilted Barn IPA, it just had sat on the shelf for too long. It was really nice to get one that was, you know, on the fresh end of things. And well, if it's on tap, I'm hoping that it's fresher. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I'm just saying, like, it's it was nice to get a better feel for what they can do as opposed to getting something that's like notably oxidized. So, yeah, um, this definitely made me want to keep trying more Tilted Barn stuff. Awesome. Um, well, I'm already done with beer one, so I'm going to start talking for a bit while Emily finishes her half of beer going. All right. So less than half. This is like my big problem with the smoothie style IPAs, though. Uh, the smoothie style sours is like, holy shit. Does it just drink like a glass of juice for me? Yeah, I'm torn somewhere between it drinks like a glass of juice and goes quickly or it drinks like I'm drinking a green smoothie and it's like trying to swallow marshmallow syrup or not like marshmallow topping or fluff. I don't know. No, not fluff. Like the one that's like liquidy that you put on ice cream. You know, stuff that's like thick and it takes up space in your stomach because it's thick. Warm fluff? Sure. We'll we'll go with that. It's close enough. Mmm, corn syrup. Yeah. Just whip the shit out of it. Shut up, it tastes good. Oh yeah. I don't care. <laughs> you could tell me it was made out of like it pig's feet, and I would be like, Well, I do hate the idea of eating pig's feet, but if it tastes like this, I'm good. All right, so we're going to do, like, some fluff caramelized pig's feet one of these days. No, 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 no. The the whole, the whole, no, 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 no. You misunderstand. If it tastes like pig's feet, I don't want it. If it tastes, if, if you handed me a pig's foot and you were like, swear to God, this tastes just like fluff, it would be like, okay, I can, I, I can, I, I, I can make this work. I need the flavor to be good. Yes. <laughs> I, I can pick. I've never had a pig's foot. I can picture what it would probably taste like, and I'm fucking all set. I've never had a pig's foot, but I'd be willing to try it. Yeah. I know you would. It's you. Yeah. I mean, you're like, it's like anytime when we, you know, <laughs> going to a taco truck in Texas, what's the weirdest shit they got on the menu? I want that. And I'm like, what is wrong with you? Uh, cause cow tongue is delicious. <laughs> Ew. Didn't you also get like, wasn't there just like a head beat one where they like, it's like oh, cow yeah. cheeks or no, some no. shit? It was cabeza or whatever. Yeah. I can't remember if it was like cow cheek or sheep cheek. I think it was cow. Okay. I don't think that taco truck. We were that was just like a fucking taco truck in a parking lot. I'm pretty sure they didn't have like sheep anything. Okay. I think it was like beef and chicken and pork, and that's it. Oh, maybe it was pork cheek then. Could have been pork cheek, yeah. Yeah. But like, come on, man, those are tasty things. No, 
I mean, cheek, cheek, I cheek, I could get on board with. I even tried heart that one time. You got heart. Like, I'll give muscle mm. tissue a try, but like, do not try to sell me on fucking organs. It is not going to work ever. Um, tongue is less organ and more more muscle. Muscle. I am aware, <laughs> but like. Dude, if it if it had if there if I got any part of it that had the texture of a tongue, I can't. I fucking can't. I have all been right, gummed right. by a baby cat. All right, so you don't know how tongue is prepared. Um, when you cook, they cut all the outside part. Well, out. when you cook the tongue, you usually like boil it for a while, and then you peel off that outer layer, and then it's just like the meat left inside. So it doesn't have the texture of getting tongued. It's just like, it's almost more of a spongy muscle tissue than it is like, um, you know, like a steak. So you have had, I have tried skeletal muscle tissue in many fucking forms because that's most of what, that's what most meat is. Um, and I've tried heart, which I would imagine cardiac, uh, muscle tissue is probably denser. Um, yeah. so you would say that like tongue is what more like skeletal muscle tissue, but less dense. Cause like cardiac muscle tissue, I feel like I could taste the extra blood in there. It, it's like, like skeletal muscle tissue, but more spongy. And not like spongy in the way that like bad chicken can be sometimes yeah like more spongy like good liver but it but it okay but but it doesn't have that you know irony uh liver flavor it's just like more similar in texture to like liver than heart got it because like i've never had liver like on its own either i can no i don't think i've found circumstances where i can deal with liver like and again it's weird because like eating stuff with blood in it doesn't bother me so it's not iron that grosses me out i think it's just i can't get out of my head what livers do whereas my problem with liver and onions are the onions Um, I mean, unless they're, like, well fucking caramelized, my problem with liver and onion is the onions. I would, if you gave me a, a plate with, like, perfectly cooked liver and raw onions, I would probably eat the raw onions. Mm-hmm. We could share that meal. You get no nutritional no. value from the onions, and I get to eat liver. I'll just chuck it in your face. <laughs> That's a better use of that entire plate. Um, whereas I, while I do have a good idea of what the liver functions as, still think it's fucking delicious for many different animals that I've eaten it from. <laughs> no, I just, mm, no. I mean, organs are tasty. No, too much dissection, too much pathology, too much. No, I mean, shit, man. No. I, I thought that my only problem with haggis was it needed like more flavor. <laughs> Dude, it tasted unequivocally like fucking GI tract, and it, like it was oh god, I didn't need to know what GI tract tasted like. But as soon as I tried like 
because I didn't get any of the outside part. I literally just got, you know, the meat that gets stuffed into the stomach. Mm-hmm. Like, it fucking tasted like stomach and I couldn't. Like, I, I was brave enough to take some and try it. And I wasn't like, ew, God, and spit it out or anything. But, like, <laughs> it was like, no, this is not for me. Yeah. See, I thought it tasted good. I just wanted, like, wanted, like, some rosemary in it or... Yeah, you like, you might want spices, but like that's not how traditional oh, I know. British Isles dishes really work. Yeah, they uh they got they got a lot better at cooking as time went on. Oh yeah, I still I feel bad for them that you know people still keep on repeating the old joke about how you know all British food, well, all Irish food is just boiled, all British food is deep fried. Oh, in fairness, though, they they do some really beautiful things with seafood. Like, I, I don't know, man. I, I come from the North Shore and like, I'm like, I don't know. Like, I, uh, I it, it depends on what it is. The British definitely do parts of that way better than we do. Oh, uh, that reminds me. You and I, now that the season has started, sometime when you're down here, we'll have to go to Bubbling Brook. We, we, mm. we can't drink there, but we can get some delicious fried foods, and I think that they make their own ice cream. I think I'm wrong about that. Maybe they just have somebody get make their... Richardson's or somebody. Oh, I don't think it's Richardson's, though. It may not be, but I'm just saying, like, you know, if you're on the North Shore and you're getting, you know, and you have a place that's, like, it's kind of not, you know standard like buy in a 50 gallon tub kind of ice cream and they're not making it themselves they're usually buying it from richardson's if you're anywhere in the north shore but i feel like you also have to like uh label that oh hey it's Mm -hmm. richardson's you do but like all right uh emily are you done with beer number one i am indeed I need to keep remembering that I need to keep that area clear until I am done taking pictures. Uh, Yes. Hopefully this is turning out all right, because I still haven't edited episode 47, so I don't know how the recording quality sounds. (sighs) It's a potato quality recording. Enjoy, folks. No, I'm more worried about shit getting fucking out of phase and me having to, like, realign it, because that's going to be way more of a pain in my dick all right Uh, again that kind of feels like a you problem (sighs) yes it absolutely is beer number two today again comes from comes to us from definitive this time it is not a collaboration this one is called twilight juice it's a pineapple apricot galette yes uh it's a double fruited sour with pineapple apricot brown sugar cinnamon and vanilla you're ready I am. Cool. Three, two, one. Crack. Oh, that smells so good. It's very... It's exactly the color you'd expect it to be. I mean, between pineapple and apricot. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Unfortunately, I did not give it a good enough spin, so I've got a bunch of pulp on the bottom. 
Ooh, pulp. Oh man. I Oh fuck yeah, yes. I fucking love how like the cinnamon and the brown sugar come through on this. It really does taste like are, are, were you asking yourself what the fuck is a galette? Oh no, I know what a galette is. I was just making sure I okay. said it right. Yes. Um, but like it really does taste like pastry. Like a fruit pastry. Yeah. It's uncannily like it's like just the right amount of like the cinnamon, the brown sugar, and the vanilla to give it like that, you know, pastry sort of quality without like I don't know, kind of overdoing it in any of those. It's great. Yeah, and I think that it's largely just our brains connecting in a pastry flavor to it. No, it is it 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 is and it isn't because like if you can if you're good at that sort of flavor thing, like you can kind of play with the the balance <laughs> to the point where I don't know, like you kind of get the right ratio of those other flavors to the fruit, which is kind of <sighs> like, I think that the fruit and the other flavors respectively come through percentage wise as well as they do in the actual pastry, if that makes sense. So it's about having the balance right. Yeah, I, I get what you're saying, and I agree with you, but it's just like that there's no actual pastry bits in this. It more our know, minds but... connecting a pastry flavor to it, and I think it well, works yes, well. But the the things that are in here that give you confer the pastry flavor are more or less what makes pastry taste like pastry. Like most of what you have left is like uh, flour, water, egg. Like it that would just um. I think it would be le if you took all of the other stuff out of it and just left those things, it would taste uh, less interesting than pizza dough, like raw, plain pizza dough. Yes. All right. Well, Emily and I, also on my first night here in the new place, uh, ended up going to Trillium in Canton because Canton is now only like fucking 20 minutes away from me. I am so happy about this, folks. Yeah, no, it's going to be great. Well, it's going to be terrible, but it's going to be great. Uh, one of the things we had was the Fens. It's a IPA that's 7%, and uh, I don't know what... Uh, it's Mosaic and Galaxy Hops. Uh, yeah, yeah, it was pretty damn good. Like, again, nothing amazing. It, for like 4.25, but that isn't bad either. <laughs> No, like they're 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 uh, basic IPAs. I mean, it started with the streets. They also have the avenues coming now, and um, yeah. And I I I can't remember. I mean, they did that whole ass like Harbor Island series, and now they're doing it's like I don't know the Fens, and I don't I don't fucking know what series that is. Parks, whatever. Yeah, I guess Parks. Something. They're just naming it after random shit around Boston, but that's fine. Conservation just land. Making, just keep making good IPAs that, like, I I know that I can walk in and, like, whatever. I don't care if I've never heard of whatever IPA it is. Like, 
I know that I will not be steered wrong if I pick up anything. Like you could throw a dart at a board and like just pick that way and you'll be fine. Yes. Yes. Um, speaking of the streets. The streets. All right, I guess I'll keep going. Yeah, with okay. It. The Shut Streets up. is um, another beer that we had. It's a triple IPA, 10%. Uh, for their fourth anniversary, they slightly changed the recipe by instead of just doing it with Amarillo, Mosaic, Galaxy, Eldorado, Simcoe, and Nelson, they added Citra to it this time. Yeah. Which it doesn't say on here, but, you know, whatever. That's because it's the same description it's always yeah. had. Uh, but yeah, no, it was fucking delicious. Like the streets is because it's already a really complex beer with like a, a bunch of hops going on. Like the addition of the Citra doesn't, I'd have to taste them side by side. I think to even get close to pinpointing a difference. Like I, it's been a few years since I've had the original version of the streets anyway. So like there was no way I was going to tell the difference, but like, I will say this, that The Streets is still probably the best triple IPA I've ever had. Um, I think I'd have to agree. Um, I Again, I think that Definitive has made at least one or two that have, that have come close. But like The Streets is manages to be appropriately hoppy without ever being overwhelming. It is not cloyingly sweet. It is just really well balanced and you would never know that it's a triple if somebody didn't tell you and or tell you the abv i mean it's got a little bit of that heavy maltiness that you can tell a little you, bit you, but you like, can't really tell it's a triple it just feels like a balls out double but then yes. you look at the abv and it's like oh well fuck me um oh man did i forget to check in the quad that we had Ah, shit, I did. Oh, apparently. Also, did I, I not try a level playing field? Because I know that you got there you before me. I th no, you did try level playing okay, field. Okay, I just didn't check it You in. talk about that, I'm going to go looking for... Okay, cool. Um, the quad. Another one that we had had was level playing field. It's a Berliner Sour, 4.5%, released on International Women's Day. It's uh, one of their daily servings. Um, I can't remember what the fuck is actually in it. Oh, that one uh, is guava, guava hibiscus. Fruit, cranberry and hibiscus. There we go. Mm -hmm. um, I feel like Emily should have been talking about this one because I think it was made by all their female brewers. It was. Um, I... I thought that this was a really solid offering. I like for you know for those of you who are not particularly familiar with some of the floral flavors, well, quote unquote floral flavors that are used in things. Now um, the hibiscus was real nice in it. Um, in particular, though, hibiscus and elderflower both generally work out to be um, a more like what you would associate with a fruity flavor as opposed to a floral flavor. Like if you're using, I don't know, rose or lavender in something, it's going to come across much more like floral or herbal where like 
if if I gave you a cup of like straight hibiscus tea, you wouldn't be I'd be and be like, you know, is this a fruit or a flower? You might the only reason you'd answer flower is because you were like, why the fuck did you ask that question? This feels like a trick question. Yeah. Same thing with elderflower. Like I would say that the closest thing in my mind to what elderflower tastes like is like imagine if you made a slightly more floral tasting green grape. Yeah, pretty much. But like hibiscus comes across as I don't know. It's like vaguely like if you had like a tropical berry almost, but really, really light. I really like hibiscus and things. I, I think that it's a it's a good flavor to add complexity. I thought that was a really nice addition. I thought it blended really well with the uh, fruit in there, and it also adds a really nice color. Indeed it does. <laughs> so I found the thing that we forgot to check in, which is definitely a thing I will never get a full pour of, so yeah, I, I definitely want to make sure I talk about it. So, the thing we forgot to check in is called Plane Over Car Over Train Over Boat. Oh, um, yeah. This is a, it is a quad IPA from Trillium that is, uh, comes in at a 12% ABV. Um, I, I think... I, I mean, I haven't had that many quad IPAs. Most people don't have the balls to even fucking try it. I would say that this is probably on the better end of that would be my best guess. But, like, I don't have a lot to compare it to. And I will say that, like... At 12%, it starts to break apart. Like It, was, it really it does. It's still good, but it's definitely not a thing that I would ever have, like, a full pour of, let alone, like, get like a four pack of Cans? it yeah. oh fuck that into the sun i'm not even sure i could drink a full like four ounces of this yeah like like it's it's nice to try it's not immediately disgusting because i've definitely had beers that are like oh my god this is awful 100, 120 um, minute <laughs> yeah um like this is a beer that I think that on first blush, it comes across fairly well. Like that, the 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 hops, you know, don't come across too badly. Although they do amp up the bitterness some because of how strong it is. But like, it de ha de has that notable like high ABV IPA cloying sweetness at the end. And it's like, nah, I can't. Like, the streets is as far as you can go without picking up that cloying sweetness that you can't get away from. Yeah, I absolutely agree with that. Um, I, I, I definitely think that anything more than like a four ounce pour of that is just too much. Uh, like I would rather, you know, fucking four ounces of whiskey than four ounces of that. Cause while oh, whiskey has more sugar, I'm guessing, it's not going to be as, like, cloyingly sweet. Right. Well, whiskey may have, I mean, I don't know that whiskey has as much unused sugar. Oh, yeah, that's true. Like, this is a, these beers generally have, 
uh, sugar added in after like a lot of the brewing process is done. So, mm-hmm. just no. But like honestly, that's what most people's triple IPAs taste like. At least it takes yeah. Trillium to get to a quad before it starts getting like that. Yeah, most most triple IPAs are. Again, I wish that I could revival. I think that that's the name of the brewery that has like the fucking eagles and shit that does that disgustingly oh, yes. sweet triple IPA. Yep. Revival. Um, and I yeah, Revival does uh, honestly like they do a pretty okay job with a lot of their beers. I've been there a couple of times. Um but no, like most people cannot do triple ipas without it being absolutely disgusting and again i will applaud trillium for coming up with one that like works it really fucking works like i can drink a whole ass pour of it and i have multiple times like it's yeah it's it's very doable like I had high hopes for plane over car over train over boat or whichever fucking order that actually comes in because um, I put my phone down. But yeah, I <sighs> disappointed, but not surprised at all. Yeah. But again, I would take that over a lot of the triple IPAs I've had. So, you know, let let that let let that sink into your brain. All right, so another beer that we had was their double dry was Trillium's double dry hop trailside. Um, yeah, it doesn't fucking tell me hops. Whatever, it was pretty good. Like again, four point two five, so it's not bad. But we've had better. Yeah, but like again, I'm not. I, when you're talking about a place that whose stuff is consistently four and over, it's like, so fucking what? Like, I, I know that it's like, oh, this isn't the best Trillium IPA I've ever had. And it's like, yeah, but compare it to like so many other places. And it's like, yeah, I would absolutely rather take, like I said, I'd rather take a blind pick from Trillium than choose something at a lot of other places. Indeed. All right. So next up, we have Dotav from Trillium, obviously. Um, obviously. Dotav is from their Avenue series. Uh, this one is uh, Nelson Savan. Um, honestly, I thought this was really good. Like, that's not always my favorite hop, but like, when it's done well, it's, it can be really, really good. Yeah, no, I really enjoyed this one myself as well. Um, I mean, again, it it reminds me of like the old days of like night shifts one hop this time, but yeah, but better. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah. Uh, next up, we, we tried Trillium's Irish Stout. It was just a basic Irish Stout. And yeah, it, it was it was a better version of a basic Irish stout, but it was still just like a four. I mean, yeah. style specific, yeah, probably higher, but compared to everything else we've had, 
Nah. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of things that I didn't like as much, I, I don't remember what you rated this. Um, we rated it the same. Okay. Uh, we had barrel-aged night and day in tequila barrels with coffee. I mean, I don't know why it says with coffee. I'm pretty sure night and day is always with coffee. Yeah, I'm fairly certain night and day is always with coffee. So it's kind of a weird thing to say that in the description. Um, yeah, man, I just like the tequila barrel part of it just didn't work for me. And I'm somebody like, who actually likes tequila, and I agree with you. Like, the tequila barrel of it just really didn't work with the rest of the beer for me. Yeah, like, Night and Day, I think, is a pretty decent coffee stout, generally speaking. I've had different variations of it. This one just was not my favorite. I concur. <laughs> Oh, and, and this last one, <laughs> I was just going to say, this last one was a taste that we got from, oh no, it was one that we ordered because of the tool that was sitting next to us. Uh-huh. <laughs> and it was it was pretty good. Like, I'm not going to lie. I, I know that he was just getting it because it was like the cheapest thing that they had on their menu, I think. It was like the cheapest thing they had that had a decent ABV. And it's like, okay, that's... The, but never mind. That's not really a reason to order beer in my mind. But, uh, I mean, at least when you're not like in your early twenties. Um, but yeah. Um, so Henbit is a wild ale, um, brewed with spelt and rye, fermented on New England native mixed culture and aged in oak upon a beautiful selection of herbs. The selection of herbs include lemongrass, sage, coriander seed, oak, and under, and uh, rye spice. Honestly, I thought this was really fucking good. And so did I. Like maybe it's just because we haven't been having as many like wilds these days as we used to. But like, yeah. oh man, this was really fucking tasty. Mm-hmm. And uh, I really like wild. And apparently a really good price point per ABV. Yeah. It's like a dollar per good, ABV. Because not... I think it was like eight bucks for the 500 milliliter. Yeah, it's like, uh, that's really not the reason to order it. But or is it that is a, a good beer. I think it's a 350. Yeah. Mm. I mean, it's one of the reasons still... why I get like delicious ipa yeah no because you know it. it's 7.5 and it's fine it's fine it's just like a general drinking beer i feel yeah yeah but like man it this uh, we've had a few experiences with wilds recently like i mean we, we drink the shit out of sours i mean smoothie sours are hardly even sour they're just sort of tart at best most of the time which again yeah. i'm not fucking complaining i obviously love I them mean, i am loving the shit out of the thing we're drinking right now still yeah, depending on the fruits in them they can be tart but mm -hmm. it's not really the it's not really like the berliner weiss kind of tart it's like oh this is tart like pineapple <laughs> yeah um but like yeah, wilds are definitely like 
related, but definitely something very special all on their own. Oh, um, yeah. And man, I, I need to I need to try to find more of them. But like there's only so many places that are really set up to do them. Yeah. And I feel like it's a style that has fallen out of popularity as craft beer culture has grown. Mm-hmm. I mean, I remember like early days of craft beer and it's like so many different places were doing wilds like fucking mystic like half yeah. the shit that they did was wild if not more well and, and but and part of the reason for that i think is that um wilds are really just sort of like they kind of harken back to the old days where you'd just like have a big ass vat of beer and like it you would just let it ferment with whatever wild yeast floated into the tank mm-hmm. hence the name wild um but that is a practice that is uh difficult to do unless you have a large and rather expensive setup because you really need like a sep- like a whole separate section of the brewery if not a separate fucking building to do it properly yep because <laughs> if you it's way too easy to contaminate let that <laughs> Yeah, let that wild yeast contaminate the rest of your shit. Like most places, even if they're not doing like the open fermentation, um, that it's still way too easy for that to infect something else that like will not work as well. Like sours are kind of pulling out some of the same elements. Like that's where I think sours really came from is the the wilds often end up with stuff like Brettanomyces, which tends to give you a quite a bit of sour flavor to it. But like, they're usually much, much more controlled and it's a lot easier, I think, to like, um, I don't know, keep, keep the vessels clean enough to use it for multiple styles. Yes. <laughs> is the impression I get. If we could get a brewer on here one day, that would be very nice. One of these days, Alice. Pow, zoom, straight to a brewer the interview. Third moon of Omicron Percy I ate. One of these days, and pow, zoom, straight to the third moon of Omicron Percy I ate. Oh, I'm just some guy, the ruler of the planet Omicron, Omicron Percy I ate. <laughs> oh, man, I love that we've all actually been desensitized enough to like Omicron now that like. It stopped being a constant stream of Omicron Percy I ate jokes. Yes. Although that was like, I don't know, the best thing about the, uh, not the best thing about the pandemic. There have been other things that have been actually good about the pandemic, but that was one of the more enjoyable things. Yeah. I mean. I got to laugh in my head for a while, but at at Futurama jokes, it was fine. Yeah. It was something. No, I feel you. Um, all right, so we're we're totally done with our beer talk. So if you only come for the beer talk, hi, kindly fuck off. Give us some money at patreon.com backslash NEBR. That's the initials of our show, New England Beer Reviews, NEBR. Everyone else who sticks around, we're going to tell you that again later. But now we're going to talk about some pop culture shit. Um, before we get into a ryan reynolds sean levy um we didn't do it as a double feature but we're gonna talk about it like a double feature Mm -hmm. um i'm gonna tell you dear listeners and emily 
about a, sh- a, a about a show on Netflix that I watched. It's called uh, um, "The Guardians of Justice Will Save You." It stars Diamond Dallas Page. Um, well, just Dallas Page, but like, come on, anybody of our age probably remembers him as Diamond Dallas Page, WWF wrestler back before the E. Uh, back before the World Wildlife Federation uh, sued the shit out of him and was like, nah, we were established before you with that WWF. <laughs> so, yeah. WWE. Um, It is a live action, green screen heavy, uh, but like multiple different art mediums in it. So, like, there's some claymation, there's some, like, 2D side-scrolling video game graphics. It's very, it's very, we want to be Kung Fury, but it is not nearly as good. It, oh. In fact, it, it is quite bad. Mm. Um, I have a hard time pinpointing what I dislike so much about it. But ultimately, I think it's it tries too hard in the style without having any substance to it. And like the substance that does exist in it is like. uh, uh, Like, well, like fluff. It seems to have mass, but it's really just sugar. Mostly air. Yeah, sugar and air. Yeah. Um, and it really disappoints me to say that because like looking at it, it's like, yeah, fuck right. That is something that should be my alley. Cause like, you know how much I fucking love Kung Fury. <laughs> like that's yeah. so I much mean, fun. I do too. <laughs> it is. It's a blast. But yeah, trying to get through the Guardians of Justice was just a slog. I'm kind of glad that you did that one without me. Yeah. I mean, I think the last like two episodes were the best of it, but then you still have to get through the first five. Yeah, and it's not like a Star Trek series where like you know that you're setting yourself up probably for something better. Yeah, definitely not. Because there's thus far, folks, we decided there has been one Star Trek series ever. That was good in the first season. It's Lower Decks. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I mean, Lower Decks is just an entirely different kind of Star Trek, and I, it, oh man, I I love it. I love it so much. Nope, I am with you. I am, I am right behind it. We finished the season of Disco. Uh, mention that quickly um continuing the thread of the even seasons being good uh season four i thought was really solid yeah um i i think i like season two better but like season four was really solid i mean honestly i felt like season four was one of the best mashups of like tos and like the abrams kelvin universe because like it felt like star trek in a lot of parts of it 
Like it had four that or two. F- four. Okay. Like it had, you know, meeting unknown um species going where no man has gone before. Except that's TNG. Um Oh, fuck that, that I, I can't think of how it's like do 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 I can't no, no that's that's wrong whatever I can hear it in my head I can't make it come out of my mouth yeah uh we gotta watch through TOS at some point oh wait a minute my beer's empty but I've got a bu- 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 bonus beer well bonus beverage I've got an Aloha Friday cider from down east. Continuing with the pineapple yeah. theme, in this corner we have Aloha Friday, which is not as good as Aloha Saturday. No, Aloha Saturday is definitely the superior. Uh, Aloha Saturday was their one that was aged in like oak barrels. Rum, rum barrel. barrel. Yeah. I mean, come on, it's a it's a pineapple cider and you're aging it in rum barrels like you yeah that's fucking perfect yes absolutely <laughs> like don't get me wrong i like aloha friday aloha saturday was just better because of that uh oak and rum it was a nice addition um so going back to the movies that we were going to talk about uh, which meaning, one were you going to go for we've been first? meaning to talk about for like weeks at this point yeah um, several episodes sure well i figure we'll talk about the one that came out first free guy okay that's what i thought but i wasn't yeah, sure well free i don't guy, all right so fun fact about free guy free guy was acquired by disney in the um 20th century fox acquisition and then sat on a shelf for like two years because it was supposed to be released like uh, like November of 2020. Ah, okay. And, you know, clearly that didn't happen. So that's why yeah. it didn't come out until late 2021, early 2022. I can't remember which. Yeah, I can't remember either. Um but, but Adam Project did come out after that. And the reason the Adam Project got funded and made is because of, you know, studio insider types who were aware of Free Guy and aware of the relationship between Sean Levy and uh, Ryan Reynolds and allowed them to make this, like, I don't know, like, more serious movie that's a adult kid sci-fi yeah i mean it's somewhat more serious for sure but like no honestly like i mean before we even talk about more details i would say both movies worked for me yeah um i mean free guy you can definitely tell the script was written in like 2016 where you know the the only fucking video games that existed were like Fortnite and um like GTA GTA yeah yeah um which is sort of unfortunate because like you could have had some more fun with like more different video game tropes but there's still like a lot of fun referential bullshit in there 
And I think that, I mean, even like, I think that it was better to like kind of stick to those kind of properties because it wasn't a wild stretch. Like if you tried to introduce something like, I don't know, fucking like, I don't know, Red Dead Redemption or something that like has no bearing on like modern life, like there's no way that you would buy that like the uh, NPCs would potentially like, you know, become aware of their surroundings be- but like have spent all of this time being basically sentient but not realizing that they're NPCs like it's like uh yeah if you just saw some like random dude riding a fucking horse down the middle of the financial district cuz a lot of it was filmed in Boston like yeah that that's one in, of the in fun- like a fucking cowboy I- hat you'd be like what the actual fuck I, is going on am i oh my god i'm an NPC. I, I think there is somebody riding a horse in the movie yeah maybe but i i don't i don't know that he's dressed like an old-timey cowboy in like clothes that shouldn't exist anymore i mean how do they not realize they're npcs if your bank is getting robbed multiple times every day to the point that you're just like so cool with it happening. Like, (laughs) I I mean, uh, I don't know. It's like the same reason, like, you know, people say like, but then again, like uh, I fucking, you want me to be a real downer here? Because I was going to say, you know, people say I'm on the line of whether or not we exist within a simulation. How can we tell it's not? Yeah, absolutely. I like there. There, so there's a- that aspect of it, but also, you know, it's the same kind of argument when people say like, "Oh, well, you know, how come people who are being abused don't just realize it and leave?" And it's like because that's it's hard that's to, fucking normal. It's hard to see from the inside. Yeah. So, like, if you're an NPC and like, as far as you know, this is just what life is, like. Your job just happens to be at a bank and banks get robbed multiple times a day. Like, that's just what life is. Like, so, yeah, I could see not realizing you're an NPC in that scenario because you don't know that there's more to life until you start, like, until something. I mean, I think the cheesiest part, the least believable part of the movie is, like, the thing that snaps you out of it is seeing the girl of your dreams. I think it was less seeing the girl of his dreams and hearing her whistling um fantasy by Mariah Carey or humming yes. humming fantasy by Mariah Carey and it's like that was sort of his um key code well yeah because he but he was programmed to like that song yeah cuz he was programmed essentially he he's a love letter for <laughs> Her. Spoilers. Yeah. <laughs> oh, also, uh, Joe Keery's in it, and Joe Keery fucking rules. And like, man, I cannot wait to see him do more shit. Like, I'm glad that they've put him in the. Uh, um. Oh man, what was what were the movies that Netflix did? The like, it wasn't fuck 2020 and fuck 2021. It was what like, you know what I'm talking about? Death to 2020 and death to 2021, also or whatever. Oh yeah. Uh, he was also in the movie Spree, which was surprisingly decent. But like, honestly, I I have deeply enjoyed his character on Stranger Things. Yeah. Are you? Do you even know what Spree is, or are we just like can skip over that? I don't think I know what Spree is. Oh well, Spree is 
Joe Keery as a like Uber driver who is obsessed with trying to attain internet stardom. So he starts live broadcasting on multiple cameras from inside of his Uber and ends up going on a murderous rampage. Oh, so it's like guns akimbo, except he wants to do it. Uh, It's more like falling down, but he's more ecstatic to do it than, well. Uh, We need to watch guns akimbo for the, for the other show. Yeah. No, it's already... When it someday releases. It's already on the list. I have enough shit on my plate. I have a lot of stuff I need to do, and I have been getting more annoyed. Jerking off doesn't count as things you need to do. Yeah, that's not shit I need right now. Let's keep on keeping on. So, the fun thing about... The fun thing about uh, Free Guy that, like, the first time I watched it was noticing that it was mostly filmed in the financial district because mm-hmm. I saw the pregnant building. And then, like, yeah. all the beach shit takes place on, like, the Revere Beach main spot thing. Revere. But, yeah, no, as a... Uh, yeah, you say, we, we just said the same as, thing. As a Bostonian. Um, it's amusing. <laughs> Yeah, it always is. Yeah, I mean, I feel like, what was that fucking shittery, shitty bar that was near uh, fucking Faneuil Hall, like Battery Park or something? Like, what, what, uh, it wasn't when, that shitty. When I say uh, shitty, Battery when Park, I say yeah. shitty bar, I mean, it's essentially like an overpriced club that functions as a bar during the daytime. I also remember, but actually I, had halfway decent drinks though. Yeah, like they tried to like, do some interesting decent shit. Decent drinks. It also had decent food. Um yeah. It's just don't go there when it's like nightclub time. But yeah, it was there like, was don't, don't go on like a Friday or Saturday night. But there, yeah, there was one time that we went there, and I got double charged because somebody mm-hmm. saw the total and put that in their tip line. And it's like, no, I already gave you a really good tip. I did not give you a 130% tip. Yeah. <laughs> like, no. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but yeah, fun times. I don't even know if that fucking place still exists. Why am I looking at my phone? I doubt it. I Because you were going to look up if it still exists. I can almost guarantee you it doesn't. Yeah, I would guess that like the pandemic probably killed that place. I think the pandemic killed a lot of stuff down there, especially. Yeah, I'm kind of I'm kind of interested to go back to Faneuil Hall and see like what I'm guessing is this weird ghost town. Yeah, but that might actually I don't know that might make it more pleasant. Like, cause oh, I don't I don't, I don't mean in terms of people. I just mean in terms of offerings. Oh yeah, that still might make it more pleasant. I don't know. Yeah, but then there's still plenty of people and no place to go. That sounds unpleasant to me. But hey, we watched another movie that had Sean Levy, that was directed by Sean Levy, and and was again starring Ryan Reynolds. This one is a Netflix original movie called The Adam Project, which apparently it's like a hundred and sixty dollar, a hundred and sixty million dollar, a hundred and sixty dollar movie. That would be so fun. Hundred and sixty million dollar movie. 
and like the de-aging effects on Catherine Keener were so fucking awful looking. Yeah. Like you you yeah. you got to get some of that like Disney skrill and you know pull off like the Guardians 2 young Kurt Russell or the um fucking Endgame young Michael Douglas with like the long hair like that shit's hilarious. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. No, I mean I know you can do better de aging effects, but like not unless you have more money than God at this point. So which at this know. point Disney is our God, basically. Um. But yeah, no, I like all I, bow to the golden mouse. <laughs> Yeah. Anyway, um yeah, I I dug the shit out of the Adam project. Like it was not, you know, Ryan Reynolds being funny, but like the the actor who played his kid self was like fucking phenomenal at playing young Ryan Reynolds. Like yeah, he got no, R- like, Ryan the Reynolds comedic timing and beats Perfect. Ryan Reynolds is one of those actors who just sort of like seems to kind of play a version of himself in like literally every movie he does. And it works so well for me. I, I mean, I, it's like I was it's kind of like what Will Ferrell does, but like it works for me and Will Ferrell, Will Ferrell usually doesn't. I was really impressed with the kid, though, like, oh, my God, doing like essentially a snarkier Ryan Reynolds. <laughs> Yeah, like, oh man, it was it was real good. Because it's a time travel movie that has, you know, adult Ryan Reynolds interacting with kid Ryan Reynolds. Whatever the fuck, well, uh, fucking, I was going to say whatever the fuck their names are, Adam. <sighs> yeah. Yeah, like, as I was saying, it's like, dumbass. <laughs> I'm, uh, I am the most proud. Yes. I have ever been. But yeah, it was super um, solid. It had uh, Zoe Saldana in it as well. At, like I said, mm-hmm. Catherine Keener. Um, and, and it had... Um, uh, fucking Mark Ruffalo. Yeah. So, you know, two MCU people with a third one that is should... Peripherally MCU? <laughs> I mean, they would be... Is stalking the MCU like a guy that you went on a couple of dates with and decided to like... That maybe he was a little sketchy. They would be really dumb to not cash in on the fact that, like, Disney owns Deadpool now when they make Deadpool I know. 3. That would be so dumb. It's like, man. I mean, ugh. even just have Mark Ruffalo, like, as a background, it's like an extra in a scene walk by, but, like, it's mm-hmm. clearly Mark Ruffalo. And. Yep. Just. You can have you can have Wade for a moment being like, wait, wait, was that just Doctor Banner? <laughs> yeah, you, you know, like something like that. I think would be great. It's similar to uh, the Deadpool too. Like, you can't give us a single X Man other than Chrome Dome or what, whatever the fuck he ends up calling. Oh yeah, and then, and then you see the whole ass room full well, of people. Y- yeah. You see briefly is it only no it's like there's like four of them i think at least. no there's at least four 
But I'm trying to think of like who the people were. If it's only from the like first class movies, um, or it was what? What's the one that has Peter Dinklage? No, because wasn't it like? It was definitely the guy who played Quicksilver. Yeah, it, it uh, was fucking uh, Evan Peters. Um, McAvoy. Uh, McAvoy. McAvoy was in there. Um. Um. Shit. Yeah. I can't remember. No, I can't remember either. It doesn't oh, matter man. all that much, but like, yeah, that would be so. That that would be a good way to go. Like, actually, I mean, I don't know if you can sense it it's... or just like have have fucking have mark ruffalo eating in a diner that deadpool gets thrown through the window and says hulk i'm such a huge fan and tries to get an autograph before getting the shit kicked out of him again and you have so mark ruffalo being like i i'm just an actor <laughs> yeah um I, I i also i'm sitting here going like okay so if it's Fox, but like that's now owned by Disney, could you have Deadpool like hide around a corner and yell, David Banner, I just slashed your tires? <laughs> Except you would use Bruce Banner. I just, I know, tires. but still, it's it like it, pull that family guy reference at the same time. Yeah. Like, no, it, yeah, it, it'd be would... funny. But then you'd have to have a moment of like Seth MacFarlane similar to the shot of Chris Evans in um Free Guy. Like what the mm -hmm. shit? <laughs> oh, cuz you think that Seth MacFarlane wouldn't do that? Come on. Yeah. Like Seth MacFarlane may be kind of full of himself at this point, but he's also like a huge nerd. I mean, I, I think that's kind of the joke with Chris Evans as well. Mhm. Mm God bless you, Chris Evans. <laughs> Massachusetts own. Indeed. I hope you're not like a huge dick. In no, I heard he was a dick in high school, but like he's grown into like. Well, good. Yeah. A like, decent person. Captain America. <laughs> like, yeah. Good, righteous, upstanding, non shitbag. Well, not not like the bad kind of shitbag. Mass hole, but not like straight up shitbag. Yeah, I mean, I don't even know if he has mass hole left in him. Ugh. <laughs> I really hope you do, Chris Evans, if you ever hear this, which you'll never hear this. Why would you ever hear this? Because, baby, I don't one know, day unless we get we'll famous, famous in like 10. <laughs> I was going to say, if we get famous in like 10 years and Chris Evans is like, wait, people mentioned me on a podcast 10 years ago. It's like, I'm sure that like 800 people a day mentioned you on a podcast like 10 years ago. Come on, man. Yeah. What's going on, guys? Sorry, I watch too many, like, everything always videos. We do Marvel content every day, all the time. And, like, his sign on is, what's going on, guys? Oh, man. I hate like most of the stuff that I watch. I hate that I like hate watch stuff because like I want the information, but like I hate those. <laughs> but hey, I mean, uh, at I am fires, if you want to give me a fucking PlayStation 5, I'll take a fucking PlayStation 5. <laughs> also, once again, shout out to Well, There's Your Problem, Doing It Differently, the podcast that hates you back. Yeah. <laughs> 
Uh, whereas I just, Yay. I just hate podcasts. I don't know why I make two. I've been trying to make a third. Fucking yay, Liam! What the hell's wrong with me? Um, but yeah, the same same thing that's wrong with the rest of us, man. Yeah, man. But yeah, the Adam Project. It was pretty good. I think it's worth the watch. It's a solid, you know, sci-fi comedic actioneer. Yeah. No, I, I like, I, I honestly, I don't want to say that it was a good movie from like a technical standpoint. Oh, I no. mean, there were a lot of really good. Th- there were there were great things about it. I think that it like was they made. Fun. I think they. I think they had some interesting shot choices, for instance, et cetera, et cetera. But like, again, I, how much I enjoy something is really not based on like, is it fucking art? Like, I mean, technically anything can be art, but like, well, it it is, is it, is it high art? It is art. Well, all right. High art is not, is not usually where I aim. I usually aim for fun. This is why I hate the term elevated horror. Because it's like, oh, okay, so you're just meaning that all other horror is like subculture, subclass, sub shit, but elevated horror makes it into art. Like, no, fuck you. Like, all art is art. Whether or not it's good art or bad art doesn't mean that it's not art. And like the term elevated horror just feels pretentious like we, we don't say elevated drama we don't say elevated comedy we don't say uh elevated sci-fi although we do say like heady sci-fi which is usually mm-hmm. like you know still gatekeeping yeah it's all fucking gatekeeping yeah i mean i don't know i feel like um primer is definitely one of those sci-fi movies that it's like I mean, also, Primer is one of those sci-fi movies that sort of ostracizes their audience because it's either like, well, you have to have an understanding of complex mathematics to actually see how this thing is working. And if you don't, then you're not really going to understand it. But hey, maybe you can still enjoy it. Like, I I don't understand the mathematic concepts in it, but I still found it decent. I don't know. Have you put that on the list of for who the fuck was this made for? Because that definitely sounds like who the fuck was this made for? Because the answer is like people who have at least who have an, a graduate degree in math. I have not, but damn, because yeah, um, there are not. There are probably more people than you would think who have a graduate degree in math, but like. Not enough to, you know. It has been added to the spreadsheet. <laughs> Yay. Um, fuck, I felt like I was going somewhere a minute ago. Oh, yeah. Elevated horror. There is a lot of good. Like, I hate that all the horror that like half of the current horror all seems to be like art house horror. But we do keep mm. on getting good stuff. Oh, hey, how about this? So, we can close out on a TJ's fairly recent newish movies, spoilerish free movie review, whatever the fuck I call it. I watched. Yeah, real tight, dude. Uh, yeah. I watched The Night House 
the other night. It's on um fucking HBO Max right now. I think it came out like last December, November, something like that. But it was one of those like horror movies that definitely hit my radar. Um, the story is somewhat predictable, but it's fairly well done. It's really yeah. well shot. It's a very attractive movie. And honestly, the script is tight. Rebecca Hall gives a great performance in it. But I don't know. Maybe I'm like, maybe I'm now being the pretentious bastard. Because like, you know, fucking usual suspects. I figured out like the pool hall scene who Kaiser Sose was. Right. You know, it's just like, oh, all right. So this is how you do the story. I I knew where the story was going to go with this fairly early. It does take right. like a couple of twists and turns, which is nice. So it had me like second guessing myself, which is always enjoyable as a movie watcher. Like, mm-hmm. oh, hey, uh, maybe I'm not actually right. Maybe it's this instead. Um, But no, it was it was a really like well made, well shot, well acted movie and highly recommend it. Like. Yeah. Definitely one of those movies that you watch at night. Okay. Yeah. I could see getting into that. I mean, I definitely appreciate something that like... So your basic setup is it is... It's about a woman who is dealing with her husband's suicide. Gotcha. Like, like there's your setup. In the house that he built. Gotcha. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I I definitely appreciate the things that it's like. Oh, yeah, I can see I can see the twist coming, but like. There's still more there, like you haven't just figured the whole fucking thing out. Oh, yeah. It annoys me that I've known at least one, if not, I think, two people who got, like, partway through the first season of Mr. Robot and went, oh, I got to the twist and I was bored, and I'm like, dude, that was the first twist. It wasn't even a big twist for that show. Yeah, that that was the telegraph twist. That was the twist you're supposed to get. Like, there are other twists that, like, I mean, depending on how your brain works, there are other twists in that show that you'll see coming, and then there are some that are going to make, like, the first time you watch it, you go, holy shit, what? Like, even if you're usually the person who can see shit coming, there are surprises. Like, No, there, there are some good oh, surprises in there. It is. I say this again, folks. If you haven't fucking watched it, watch Mr. Robot. It is masterful. And it's not a long commitment. No, it's Just do really it. not. Just do it. It's so good. Um, uh, fuck, I have no man. idea how long we've been yeah. going. I was thinking about something a minute ago, but we're probably pu- pushing around like, yeah, we're, we're like right around 90 minutes, so we might as well just fucking call it. I wish I yeah, could remember the I fuck I was so. thinking a minute ago. Because it was going off of the idea of the night house into somewhere else. You'll think of it as soon as we stop recording. Yeah, I'm sure that we will. All right. Um, well, then, I've been TJ Davis alongside Emily Schick. We've been New England Beer Reviews. Uh, you can check us out 
on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Uh, you can give us money at patreon.com backslash NEBR. Hey, man, the first person to do the second person to do it, because sorry, Bruce, you're out of the running. We'll totally have you on as a guest, though, if you want to be. Uh, but the second person to donate to our Patreon will be a guest on the show if they want to be. And they'll get a box of beer if they want to be a guest on the show. Uh, and all you have to do is sign up for some money. We are going to try and um, record some bonus episodes. Uh, I think that I came up with the title for the sub-series for our bonus series today called Groovy Broovies, where we we drink a beer and watch a movie. And, of course, with a name like Groovy Broovies, our first movie has got to be fucking Evil Dead 2. And then maybe Scooby-Doo. <laughs> I was going to say, or we could just stick to movies that in, that have Bruce Campbell in them somewhere. Yeah. Just a thought. Yeah, that works, too. I mean, I, like... I thought you'd sound way more excited no, by no, that. No, I, I like the idea, but, you know, that there are a lot of other so movies out there. You could even throw in something like Sky High. Oh, I was going to say Darkman, because he has a brief non-speaking role at the very end of that movie. <laughs> um, Fucking Sam Raimi wanted to make a Batman flick, and DC wouldn't let him make a Batman flick, so he pulled a total bender. And he went and made his own Batman flick with Blackjack with and, Black hookers. Jack and hookers. Yeah, but instead his name was Darkman. <laughs> Sweet. Uh, played by Liam Neeson. That sounds really fun, though. Oh, uh, it, it it's such an awesomely weird flick. His his power is rage. Also, he's been burned mostly to death, but he's not actually dead. So he had to, like, sever his pain receptors so that he wasn't in constant pain. <laughs> like, it is so fucking ridiculous. Uh, and it's like 1993, and it's before anybody in this country knew who Liam Neeson was. And then he didn't become, like, an action movie guy for, like, 20 years. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. Well, on that weird note. Yeah, uh, on that Sam Raimi bombshell. Um, it's time to end. <laughs> Windmills do not work that way. Good night. Yay. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, uh, we've been New England Beer Reviews. I've been TJ Davis, and I'm the biggest idiot ever. Yep, yep. I knew that, that was coming. Oh, come on, of course it was. Bye! Bye! Bye.